It's On The Rise with Benny, and today's On The Rise guest is a singer-songwriter, and when I tell you, I am so excited for you guys to get to know her. She is absolutely incredible, but she's written songs for other artists and is also a musician herself um, and a performer. She won the CMA Rising Star Award. She is on multiple watch lists for up-and-coming artists, um, and she actually recently went viral on TikTok with her song, Devil's Money. Uh, I welcome Kentucky native Mary Cutter to On The Rise. Mary, I'm so happy to have you on, and there is a lot to talk about. Oh, Queen, I am so pumped, so pumped to be here with you. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, of course. So just to kind of get this rolling, I want to know the background of you. Like, your, you, your career, you've people are going to probably lose their mind when they know you actually hosted your own country radio show. You write songs for other artists. You're releasing your own music. So just give us your story. Who is Mary? Well, you know, it is kind of interesting. I guess, you know, everyone's story is probably usually a squiggly line, not just like a straight line, you know, and uh, I know my world has been, and I grew up in a small town in Kentucky called Springfield, Kentucky, right outside of Bardstown, uh, where Devil's Money takes place, actually, which we'll talk about that later. But uh, I grew up in Springfield, and um, I started singing in church, and I would write songs in my bedroom, you know, the kind of typical situation. But, you know, it never even occurred to me to move to Nashville. It might it might as well have been like Australia or something, you know, although where I grew up, it's just two and a half hours away. And uh, I was singing at a festival, uh, and I ran into this feller who owned a radio station in Bardstown and we talked, you know, just said hi, you know, then we kept on running into each other at different events that I'd be singing at. And he reached out to me and he asked if I would be interested in hosting a music variety show on a station. And I said, yes. And that one thing totally changed the trajectory of my life. Um, it was a weekly show. I would have three to four guests on every week. I'd interview them. They'd play. And it was a lot of folks from Nashville that were on radio tour, a lot like what, what you do, you know? And um, so I have mad respect for what you do. Like <laughs> I mean, there's so many pieces of radio that like, I would have never known <laughs> into it until I did it. And I was like, whoa, there's so yeah. many different but anyway, that's here to there. But uh, I started, um, you know, interviewing different folks and I became friends with some of them. And they were like, well, do you write songs? And when I wasn't at the radio station, I was still doing mainly cover gigs in the area and making bread and butter that way. But I started writing with some of my new friends down Nashville. And before I knew it, I mean, I was in Nashville two, four times a week. So I ended up moving down yonder and um, I immediately started hosting writer's nights in Nashville. And that became my new day job where, uh, although it was technically at night, but uh, I would down in Nashville, if folks haven't been down there to see the writer's rounds, what that is, is three or four folks sit on stage. They sing original songs that they've written and um, it's just so neat. They talk the backstories of how they wrote the song. It's all acoustic. And so I started hosting different ones of those in Nashville. And that was such, it was like a PD, PhD course in songwriting. Cause I saw, like, I remember one of the shows that I hosted down there. Uh, I did that one for 10 months. I ended it right before COVID. And um, we had just under 500 different people that were on the show, like not repeats. And during that time, 
literally Benny, like everyone was talented. I could count on one hand yeah. folks weren't talented. Everyone was beautiful. Everyone was talented. Everyone had good songs, but I started seeing a difference with some folks that, that stood out. And I was like, well, why did these songs stand out? Cause there'd be, we'd have 12 guests a week with those writers rounds. And so you do the math or whatever, how many songs that was, because each person would do three or four songs. And I heard a lot of songs. And anyway, it started clicking, you know, in my noggin, you know, a little bit of, you know, what's the difference of good and great. And then COVID happened and everything shut down. I went back to Kentucky to the farm to, you know, do the quarantine. And I was honestly so stressed out. I didn't know what to do, you know, because everything was shut down and I'd always been playing live shows, you know, at all of that stopped. Nashville had, you know, whiplash totally hit the brakes. And so I started riding on Zoom and um, that ended up kind of squiggly lining to the next chapter of my life. Um, Nate Smith, who um, he's just having a great year so he's far. He's killing it. Forgot how many weeks his song's in number one now, maybe seven or eight, I don't even know. And um, I, I started writing with him on Zoom and and then uh, we had some songs that, you know, we wrote together that changed our lives, Sleeve and Wreckage. And then I was writing with folks like Bailey Zimmerman, who I think is from your neck of the woods up in he Illinois. He is, yep. Uh, of course, that whole thing happened and my world started changing. And uh, what was what was the song you wrote for him? With Bailey, uh, um, that's out right now, um, is Never Leave. And that went all the way to number one on Sirius XM, which was my first one, which was really cool. And it was- you, you, you get a little payday from that? You know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did buy quite a few shoes from that song. You know, everyone has their weaknesses with what they spend money on. Mine is definitely shoes. I love beautiful shoes and you know that's the thing side note I wasn't always that way with shoes see I'm five foot nine every bit of it honestly I might even be taller I I count myself as five foot nine okay and for years I would never wear heels because I didn't want to be taller than Embrace I it. finally I did I remember when I once I was at the mall and this was a couple years ago I was like man those shoes are so beautiful why am I not who cares if I'm super, it doesn't matter. And so when I, when that uh, switch flipped in my noggin, it it was like, <laughs> I guess I'm picking up for lost time. You know what I'm saying? It's because I am like a shoe girl through and through now. But anyway, uh, and you know, it's just kind of crazy. It was just so wild. And that's been all within like the last year or so, you know, with my writing world. And of course, you know, there's been other folks too, like Alexandra Kay, um, who's, I love she's, her. She's another Illinois girl. No, she's not. I'm wrong Missouri. on that. I think she's Missouri. You're right. She's Missouri. That's right. All on the beautiful part of middle America, right? And, uh, you know, I got a couple of songs with her that have done real good, too. And, uh, you know, God just really opened up the right doors. And he's definitely closed doors, too. And, I mean, I, I like to believe that the ones that are closed needed to be closed, yes. you know. And um, I don't know. I'm just super grateful to be here. I still feel like you know, I'm fresh off the turnip truck with stuff. And because the Lord knows I wasn't expecting this trajectory of my life. Like before the radio show, honestly, Sugar, I mean, I was having a blast just in Kentucky, living, you know, right where all my family lives and, you know, singing, you know, I would have shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every week, just doing the thing. And, you know, I thought I, I was living the dream then and I was, but now it's like, 
you know, it's just kind of crazy how life works. I know I'm still just started, but it, it's been a heck of a ride. Yeah, no, it has. And, you know, like you said, you're fresh off the turnip truck. It still feels like how one of the biggest things I would say is I think the most important is to never forget where you're from. And you do a very good job as to bringing where you're from to where you're at now and not forgetting your roots. So how did growing up in Kentucky kind of affect where you're at now? Do you give it creds? Well, you know, you're right on the money. I guess like everything in our lives definitely do like, you know, I mean, you can leave where you come from, but it's still going to be part of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, whether you like it or not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been in some situations down here, like, where I'm just like, well, my Kentucky just came out, you know? <laughs> and I grew up super active in 4-H. And, I mean, like, it was my life from, like, leaf collection all the way through school. I mean, I was president of the county um, for a couple of years. I went to different national conferences. You know, you name it, I was there with 4-H. And I think that um, that probably really did, you know, shape my outlook on life, I would guess. You know, because so much of that, they really do teach. I don't want this to sound like 4-H commercial yeah. or anything. <laughs> really do teach, like, man, like you got to go after stuff. If you want to do something, you got to roll up your sleeves to work. Yes. Oh, and I do think my, my folks were both that way as well. They really uh, always expected my brother and I to give our best. And that doesn't mean like that, you know, you're going to be the smartest person in the room or the most talented or whatever, but that if you are mean- the smartest person in the room, usually you're sitting in the wrong rooms. Oh, preach. Snaps for that queen. You are not wrong. That, that's so true. And, you know, both of my folks, they really did um, pull themselves into another realm and they chased their dreams and, and they really, uh, there's, I mean, they're really my biggest heroes. I, I absolutely love my parents so much. And I, I guess everyone, you know, loves their mom and dad for the most part, you know, sometimes there's, you know, rocky <laughs> situations, but um I think, you know, between that, when I think about Kentucky, I think about my family, I think about, you know, growing up in church and like all of the things that come with that. And also, I mean, really 4-H was just a huge part. If it so, wasn't yeah. if it wasn't for where you're from, you wouldn't be where you're at. You know, even just like you said, started singing in church, you started singing covers, you started, you know, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be in Nashville writing with amazing artists and releasing your own music. So the lead to lead into this next question, I'm very, very excited about this one. Um, so I found you, or I don't know how I found you because of this, because we have so many mutuals, but you just released a new song called Devil's Money. And to all the listeners, guys, this song, it's, I mean, my, I think, I think I've given it all of its streams to be quite honest with you, but um, it, I'm going to be playing this song for you after the interview. So hang tight. We're going to talk about it and really build up the anticipation for it. But for anybody, obviously who hasn't heard this song or you're not on TikTok and really seen Mary's promo videos and stuff, what is the backstory behind this song? What does it mean to you? Give us like the picture in your mind as to what this song is about. Man, that is really cool. And I'm so, I'm so excited by the way, Benny, that like music, like, and that's so crazy. That's how we like found each other. It's literally music. Anyway, not to go on a soapbox with that, but so Devil's Money is a true story. Um, it's about my great granddaddy on my mama's side. And, uh, Henry Offit, that was his name. Uh, he was really an interesting feller. He was a he was a very religious man, very close to God, but um, times were very hard. 
to be totally blunt. And um, he grew up, he was living in Bardstown, Kentucky, which is where the song takes place. And uh, he started running bottles. He was a bootlegger to make ends meet. And um, one thing led to another. And uh, he really started running a successful operation with bootlegging, but he ended up in a turn of events, gave almost everything to the church for this church to be built right outside of Barchtown. And um, that's literally like the backstory of the song. But it's and literally a true story. It's 100%. Story. Now, obviously, like every single dollar was not towards the church. Obviously, he was living high, you know, <laughs> on the hospital a little bit. And also, you know, there were other people in the, in the parish or whatever that gave money too, you know. But literally, like, um, you go to that church out yonder, New Hope, they literally have like the stained glass windows that like, like say donated by, you know, the Offit family. And like, so like they have like, and like the pews and stuff like that. Like, so like, it's really crazy. Like years later, I guess it's like a hundred years later, technically. Um, yeah. Cause we're yeah 2024. Yeah. Uh, that church is still standing. So, I mean, obviously he is wow. gone, but his is still there. And growing up, I remember my mom telling me about, great granddaddy and um it always just totally like fascinated me how you know this really gray area because even you know you know growing up you know in the baptist church you know a lot of baptists don't even drink you know obviously and there's so many layers to that but like technically what he was doing was wrong because it was illegal you know it was in prohibition era you know but you know, he had a justified means for it. So there's so many different layers to that. And I always wondered, you know, what was going on in his noggin, you know? And like, I don't know, like, was it right or wrong? I don't know. Like, you know, there's so many different layers, but I never talked about it down here in Nashville. I never really even, you know, I never had written about it. And one day I was out for a run. I run every day. I love my five mile runs. Oh, I'm like five miles? Five miles a day, baby. You know, <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just a weird creature of habit. I get up, get up at 5 a.m. every morning. I read, solo, write, and go for a run before my sessions. I love it. Anyway, I was on my run, and um, I don't know what it was that like made me, like, you know, trigger this thought. Just thinking about, like, man, that really would be a cool song, but I don't even know what you write about, you know, with it. And I kind of planted it in my noggin. Fast forward to the end of last year, I was with one of my best friends, Brian Alexander, and he's written on a lot of stuff uh, for other artists as well, like Sleeve. He was right around that with Nate Smith and other songs that we've written together. And then Steve B. Um, we were in the writing room and uh, I brought in a bunch of different song ideas for us to write that day. Literally, I pitched out four or five ideas and they're like, eh, what else you got? And I was thinking, this is annoying. You know what I mean? And uh, I was like, well, guys, I do have this story that happened, you know, years and years ago. It's a true story, but I don't really know how we write it exactly. I told them they're like, oh, my gosh, we have to write that. And the song just kind of wrote itself, you know, um, once we got moving and I didn't know if people were going to respond to it or not. I was like, you know, how many folks would, you know, even like connect with that? Because it's such a, you know, super, you know, personal story. But then I look at, through these comments sections, 
person after person's like, my great granddaddy was a bootlegger too. My father was. My great uncle was, and they got locked up by the feds or whatever. Like well, when I when I first saw the video, I I'm texting in my family group chat. I'm like, hey, do we have any bootleggers in our family history? I'm like, what? My little brother is like a total ancestry geek. I was like, who's our, you know, who's our great grand? <laughs> I love that. I it, love it's because history is so interesting. And to hear somebody else tell a story about their history, it makes you want to learn yours. Oh, that's so cool. The, you know, that's <laughs> funny. And also, I love that you have a family group chat. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Sometimes I got to mute that. You know, I just, I'm, it's a little much sometimes. Great problem to have, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I posted the the song um, at the end. It was right before uh, the new year. It was December 30th. And I, I went to bed. I woke up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water. I checked my phone. I was like, wait, what's happening right here? And I was like, wait, am I like asleep? I looked out like, I think it's going viral. It had a couple hundred thousand views. I'm like, wow. I went back to sleep. I woke back up. And I was like, later on, you know, in the day. And I was like, did I dream that? Then I looked and it was like even bigger. And then I told my folks, my dad was like, do you think TikTok's broken? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's actually going viral. And then, I mean, now it's like over 20 million views. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's just so crazy. Yeah. So so I was recorded at that point, Sugar. So my producer, who's a good friend of mine, he was out in California and he was like, so we're going viral, right? And I was like, Brad, we got to get this thing recorded. We got to get this thing out. And he was like, well, I'm in California right now. I'll be back January 2nd. And I can literally record it. Then we can do vocals on January 4th. And so he got all the recording stuff done on that. And then I did Jan 4. And then we got mixed and mastered, all that stuff. And all the while, I'm like, is this going to keep on going? Or is it going to stop? I don't know. And I mean, it's done its thing. Uh, That is how... You know, I think that just shows for any songwriters or any artists out there, write what feels right to you, you know, because Mm. you can, you can think you're writing a great song that's going to take off, you know, it's going to be super relatable and it does nothing because it sounds the same as all the other ones. But when you have that, I feel like it was so heavy, like it was on your heart. You were like, I need to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know I need to. And you did it and look what happened. It is really cool. I mean, it's been so neat seeing how people, you know, resonate with it. And it was so crazy, Benny, because um, I mean, I'm an independent artist. I'm not signed, you know, to a manager or a or a label or nothing. And I don't have like a PR or what none of that yeah. stuff. Whenever I dropped the song, I was like, well, I hope that the people that have seen it on TikTok and Instagram realize it's out and they, you know, stream it. And now I have no idea. I was like, you know, we're just gonna go for this, you know. Well. Release day happens and I get a text. Hey, you're on the iTunes charts. I'm like, wait, what? And so I, I, I pulled it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're on the iTunes chart, which is like crazy for an independent artist. Yes. And went all the way up to number seven on the country charts and 17 on all genres. Like, what? Yeah. Really? Is it crazy? Like I just, and I know it's not all about numbers. I do realize that. But I will say that, you know, you know, I'm not really a numbers person with like math and stuff. I never, I wish I was, you know, it'd be very helpful. But uh, I think the biggest thing with all of the, all of that is a takeaway of like, it touched people's hearts. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, cause like, I mean, my mom can only download it once, you know what I'm saying? She can only stream it so many times. 
times. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's past that. So anyways, it's been really, really, really cool. But I think the, I, I, I honestly, what is so great about putting your stuff onto TikTok and onto these platforms is they reach people that otherwise wouldn't listen to country or wouldn't, you know, the new music, it comes on so many different people's for you pages. Someone who only listens to rap that could come on their for you page and they'd be like, oh my gosh, I love this. So it's reaching different demographics that otherwise it wouldn't, you know, if you just release it and your main followers would know, but other than that, no one would know. That is such and it has been really interesting many like on the comment sections like I had seen a lot of folks that have been like I never listen to country music but I love this song and I I'm not saying like all hell Mary's voice it's not that I think it's the story I think folks have just resonated I guess um with like the idea of like someone doing what they need to do for their family yes there's a great area and then they gave back to the church I don't know like I, you know, I don't have story in a way it's like he went and did all this like he reached his goals and did what he needed to do in that time to provide I get what you're saying very yeah very so cool. it's been really 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 neat I'm so grateful and I I was thinking you know how wild is it you know that was January you know what I'm saying I feeling 2024 was going to be a good one and then, I mean we're off to a great start I gotta say we are <laughs> Oh my gosh. So you kind of mentioned um, in your kind of introduction, how you started just like playing songs and stuff in, in Kentucky. Did you start writing or singing first? Did you mention that? Well, you know, I don't know if I did or not. I talked so much. I, never I know, know. Me too. that, um, you know, as a little girl, I remember I'd be playing outside with Sparky, our dog, and I'd be making up songs with Sparky around, of course, you know, but I you count that as actual songwriting or not you know I, I was making up songs always but you know if the church doors were open we were there and I mean my mama had me in the church choir like there was no tomorrow you know what I'm saying so I'm not sure like te- technically I would say I was singing first probably but I know I was always like coming up with songs and I was I was one of the oh go ahead there was always no there was always something you always had like sound in your head you were always creating something Yes. And like, I remember, you know, for a while, I even thought I wanted to write books for a living. And so as a little girl, I'd come home from school and I would be writing these little short stories. And, you know, that's not too far from like, you know, what I get to do now, you know, because now it's just a three minutes short story. You know what I'm saying? It's real short, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I feel like you have so much in such a short amount of time, you've been, you, you've reached a lot and went through a lot of obstacles and kind of, you know, all in this three years or two years, you know, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 31. Yeah. Which is crazy. So oh I, my feel gosh. Like, I feel like in some ways, like, you know, so many people move down to Nashville and they're like 16 or 17. Yeah. I didn't do that. Like I literally like was up in Kentucky, living life, loving it. And, um, I feel really, really grateful that, you know, I was able to come in later and do it. Now, I mean, I realize there's a, like Nate's 38, you know, yeah. Nate Smith. like it's kind of changed. Like I know Lainey's, I want to say 32, maybe she's 31. We're about the same age. Um, I think things have shifted away from like the Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, like when they're teenagers, but still like, I mean, I feel so grateful that like, I've been able to walk in these doors and, you know, 
things are coming together, you know? And everybody's path is different. I, I just saw this thing the other night where he said, there's not, um, there's not a timer on success. There's not, you know, your path doesn't have this ticking, t- you know, it, everybody's path is different. You have people that are being successful at 22 years old and have amazing careers. You have people like Nate who are just taking off and getting the traction that they deserve. So I think that's a good um, piece of advice for anyone to just never stop. It doesn't matter if you're 20 or 30 or 40, keep going. Or like freaking Colonel Sanders. Like he was like something, right? I mean, like, and that's something that's so beautiful. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, my noggin is really, you know, I feel like in the last year, I've specifically, I've really learned a lot and I know I'm still like got a lot to learn, but um, one of the things I know, right. Like, and I guess we always want to be learning, but, uh, one of the things that, you know, I've really, you know, seen in my own life is like, when you put the blinders on, like, cause like, for example, like age, let's just use that. Cause we're talking about that. That doesn't matter unless you make it matter. It really doesn't matter. Like it actually, like look at Jennifer Lopez. She played the Super Bowl at whatever. Now, obviously that's the pinnacle of success, but like literally Colonel Sanders that we were talking about, like he didn't even have anything pop until he was in his fifties. And like, you know, we never think about that now. Like, oh, well he was too old to be trying out. But in the midst of stuff, you almost got to put blinders on, whether that's, you know, about age or about like, you know, lack of resources with money or connections or like even that like, you know, even how daunting, whatever your dreams are, like everything's tough. You know what I'm saying? Everything is, whether you go for it or not. It's like going to the gym. If you want abs, it's going to be work, <laughs> but anyone can, you know, go down there and get, you know, real healthy, you know, I mean, there's lots of pieces that go into abs, but it really, the putting the blinders on, like really like that can be life-changing, I think. Yeah. Cause you stop comparing yourself to other people. You stop comparing your path and your journey. And I think a lot of people fail because of the comparison to other people, because they don't feel like they're at the spot they should be, or they're not doing as well. But like you said, the blinders have to be on, go for it. Don't let all this stay away, you know, all the outside. And folks will always have opinions. And, you know, sometimes those opinions are right. Sometimes they're not though. And wouldn't it be so sad if like we limited ourselves to like not going after what we want because of an opinion like really you know what I'm saying like I mean that seems so much worse to me than going all in on something and failing you know because at least then you know well well, I tried you know what I mean you're not you're not looking back 20 years later I wish I would have tried that I wish I would have done that and you know I don't know there's lots of things to be said about that but that could be a the whole interview But, you know, it is kind of, it is kind of crazy. And I don't even know where I derailed us. I know we were talking about something dealing with music. I went off on a life journey. I had no idea, but that's what makes you so great. You are just very personable and you're very authentic. So we'll jump back in. Um, So what do you think has kind of been the coolest moment in your career? I mean... You know, I will say that, I mean, I mean, obviously like in this last month, I think release day was just insane, you know, with like the charting and then like, also like when you're looking at the phone and, you know, it's climbing by the thousands views and it keeps on updating, like literally every like five seconds, that's like insane. I will say though, um, and obviously like the big cuts and stuff that I've gotten, like, I'm so grateful for that. Like literally, I know like a lot of folks 
don't ever even get to get half of the stuff that like God's blessed me within the last year. It's just crazy. Um, you know, like signing even a publishing deal for my ride and all the different things like that. But I do think still like yesterday I was in a writing room and we were writing a song that I've really been wanting to write for a long time. And we started writing it and I got those goosebumps. Like, and I mean, full blown like chills. And I don't always get those in every session. I'm not going to act like I do, you know, but I got it with devil's money and I've gotten them with a handful of songs and I got it yesterday. And I was like, this is my favorite thing, you know, that, and really talking to people. I love folks. So it's literally those two things, the creating and then connecting with folks. And I just, that's been so cool. I can't believe that I get to do this every day. It's like being a little kid with finger pain. You know what I'm saying? Where are we going to be today? You know? That <laughs> is, yeah. We still have a blast and we get super messy. And that's, it's so funny. Do you know who John Byron is? I love John. He's yeah. great. So John, I interviewed him a couple weeks ago. And one of, when I asked him kind of, you know, about writing and stuff, he goes, me and my buddies, and we're sitting in that room and we look at each other and we just smile. Like there is no better feeling than knowing like we get to do this for a living. We are sitting, writing words, creating images and visions. How could you want anything out? Like, you know, it's so cool. And like, the thing is, you never know what you're going to write that day. You never know. Like, and what's crazy too, like you think about like devil's money, for example, if I had written, written that with any other group of people, it would have been a different song. If I had written it any other day, then that day, it would have been a different song, even down to like the temperature of the room. Like if we had been hot, if it hadn't felt good, it would have been a different song. I guarantee it. Like, and so you think about all these little delicate things. It's such a fascinating process. And, um, I just, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. I really do. And, uh, I'm excited to keep on sharing new music with folks and like, you know, keep on writing stuff that hopefully folks resonate with and that they enjoy. And I don't know, it's just super cool. <laughs> um, do we have, should we be expecting anything new in, in these next few months? I think definitely. Okay. And I can't, you know, I definitely don't have a crystal ball or I would have been very happy for this last month. It has been a total whirlwind, but I will say that I'm going to keep on, you know, sharing little tidbits of new songs I'm working on. And that's been really cool seeing what songs folks are, are resonating with, you know, and I'm going to keep on doing that. Sharing those little snippets. It gives you the idea. Okay. This one didn't do so well. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not all that we thought it would, you know, and really see. And um, to kind of wrap this up, I'm going to ask you, I like to ask everybody this question if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who is interested in doing something that you are doing, whether that's writing or performing, what would it be? Wow. Um, I mean, I do feel full disclosure. I'm still so new that, you know, take my advice as a grain of salt, you know, but um, other than the blinders, I really do think that's been something that's really changed my world. I'm um, truly, I really do think it has. Um, I think that um, really investing in yourself, whether that be like, you know, trying to eat as healthy as possible and like exercising, filling your brain with like, you know, great stories, reading books, watching movies. I mean, like literally, and that sounds so not exciting. Like that's not that grandiose, but everything you put in is going to be coming back out. You know, the input's so important. And someone told me uh, about a year ago, it's a 
pretty powerful feller in town um, in the publishing industry, he gave me a piece of advice. I asked him, I said, if you were talking to someone that was at this point in my career, what would you tell them to do? And he said, Mary, I would tell them to put the blinders on and dig, 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 like right, right, right. Don't look up and look around. Are people, people paying attention to me? Are people, are people, um, you know, cutting these songs, recording these songs that I'm writing? Like, have I had success? And don't do that. Literally just work, work, work. And then that's how you're going to see the results. And um, that's that. what I really worked on this past year specifically that I really took those words to heart. And, you know, you plant so many seeds in just about any industry. You definitely do in the music industry. You write every single song as a seed. Every time you walk into a writing room, you might be changing your life that day. You don't know. You really don't know. And so you got to give it all you've got, you know, but then you got to like plant the seed and move on to the next seed. And then eventually, like most of those seeds, it's like, you know, my dad loves to garden and I love those fresh vegetables. Oh my gosh. And like most of those seeds, you plant extra seeds because a lot of them won't sprout, you know, but if you plant enough seeds, some things will sprout. And, you know, it's back to like back in COVID era, whenever I was doing those Zooms, I remember, well, I'll just tell you last year, I wrote 458 or 57 is one of the two uh, different sessions last year. And most of those songs, now I do realize I write a lot more than most folks in town and that's fine. Everyone's wired different, but um I know that probably half of those songs people won't even hear. You know, they might be good songs. They might be great songs. But there's so many pieces that are involved with songs coming out, politics, all that stuff, you know. But all it takes is one song to really change your life, yeah. you know. And so I don't know. That, that, that That's the advice I would give. Just go all in, you know, give it all you got. Yeah, I love that. I think that um, I think we get people get scared and people are scared of the judgment and scared of what will happen if they fail. But mm -hmm. I think that Mary's story, guys, really kind of just shows you just go after what you want. Doesn't like like we said, doesn't matter what age you are. If you want something, go after it and just put your head down and grind. You know, don't the whole world doesn't need to know. Just do it. And one day it'll pay off. So. I mean, I could sit here and, and we could talk for hours, but I mean, isn't Mary just amazing guys? Like I, I am so blessed that she wanted and agreed to come on the rise, um, with me and hang out with me and just talk about music, songwriting, the journey and what her, you know, career means. So I am so glad we connected and got to chat. Um, when I saw you on TikTok, I know I already told you this before we started rolling, but I was like, I have to talk to this girl. I have to. Like I'm, it's, I'm making it happen, Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> but you're truly killing it. And I'm so excited to see where this all goes. You're doing huge things and guys go follow her on TikTok, all the socials to keep up with her. Um, and finally the moment you have all been waiting for, I am going to play you Mary's newest hit. This one is called devil's money. Here it goes. And let me know what you guys think. in the middle of the twenties somewhere between heaven and hell great granddaddy was a deacon but he struggled breaking even till he started running bottles out the bible belt some called him a sinner only knew him for his sins some called him a saint because they knew where that cash went they say
somebody did some good. Using outlaw cash, refusing stained glass like a righteous redneck crime. Streets of gold, or was there hell to pay? 